Guys, welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here, and you're in for a treat today because we've got the great man uh, coming at us from Twickenham in the UK, Dave McNeil. He hasn't been on for a little while now, and usually he's accompanied by Bert Gershita, but today, uh, just because of time zone differences, it's, uh, it's me and Dave. So much has happened since he was last on the show. He went out and ran the Olympic qualifier of 13 12 over 5k in Perth and he's gone over to the UK and around Europe to try and chase some more races so he can get selected for that Olympic uh, qualification or officially qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo. So I messaged him a couple of weeks ago and I said, mate, I'd love just to follow the journey to Tokyo where I hope you're on that start line. He said, hey, let's do it. So what we're going to do for the next couple of weeks is catch up, talk shop, talk about how his racing's going, how his training's going, how his mindset's going and whatever else comes up in the meantime. So as always with Dave McNeil, it's a really good conversation, really good chat and he's a, a really good fella. So Hey, make sure you enjoy this one. Um, shoot him a little bit of love on Instagram if you enjoy it. Make sure you give him a follow. Let me know as well if you're uh, if you're enjoying these chats with Dave. Now, if you are not already a member over at Relax Running, jump on board. We've got the technique analysis up and running now. I've got some of the videos coming through for me to be able to assess, analyze, and offer some practical guidance on how to improve that technique, run more efficiently. That's only one facet of the membership. If you want, you can access the Distance Runners Toolkit as well, which will give you access to all the training programs, the Experts Corner video library, the forum, and everything else that's uh, that's on the membership. So, hey, jump on over, have a look. There's a three-day free trial. If you're not interested after that, you get your money back. So um, relaxrunning.com, and you'll click on the Relax Running membership. But, guys, that's enough from me. Let me get out of the way and introduce to you the man who's back in town, not physically, he's in London, but on the podcast, he's, he's back in town. My good mate, Dave McNeil. Before it cut out just a moment ago, I was telling you that I, I wasn't sure whether 7 p.m. Melbourne time was a good setup for you because I wasn't sure exactly where in the world you are right now. So whereabouts are you? Yeah, it worked out pretty well. It's um, it's now yeah, we're just past 10, 10 a.m. on Monday. So I'm in um, I'm in the UK. I'm staying just um, just outside of London, kind of the southwestern suburbs, I guess, in Twickenham. Um, and yeah, actually, just back from a run with uh, Morgan McDonald, who's uh, he's in the area too. So um, yeah, good times. He's a great guy. He's a great yeah, guy. You're a, a good fella. I um, I'm a I'm a fan of his YouTube channel, and I wish I had spoken to you before I um uh, before you went out for a run with him because I'm disappointed he hasn't uploaded in a month. Oh yeah, well you know he's um he's got a, a little sports carnival coming up um in about 50 days time so i think his attentions are probably a little bit more towards that than the youtube i think (laughs) he um it was so funny because i started posting a few videos on youtube actually about a year and a bit ago but i was very inconsistent with it and i was so happy i got to like 40 subscribers i was like hey i'm the man and then i saw (laughs) i saw him announce that he was making a youtube channel and then i checked it a couple of weeks later and he had like fourteen thousand people subscribed and i was like morgan mcdonald teach me i know you're a good looking man with plenty of charisma but uh but what is your secret yeah i think that that might be it i mean you're a good looking guy tyson but uh 
Yeah, Morgs has um, got those flowing locks, that, uh, um, that nice, uh, even, evenly growing beard. Um, yeah, plus he's a good fella. <laughs> it's so true, man. How's, uh, how's being back over in London treating you? Is it, is it nice to get out of the country? Yeah, it's um yeah, it's interesting. It's uh it is and um and I yeah, I'm I'm grateful because it's obviously a different situation in Melbourne and in Melbourne at the moment. Um but uh I was talking about this on the run this morning like when I when I left Australia and left Perth, I remember there was just this critical moment where you're in the airport and you go from like being in the airport proper to like going past security and I remember getting to that threshold and just thinking man I don't know when I'll be able to get back in here so um there in, in some ways it, it feels a lot further away from home um at the moment so um I've I've had uh, twinges of, of homesickness um but it's uh but yeah look it's I'm I'm doing what I what I wanted to do this year which is um which is fantastic and it's uh um, yeah, for the most part, it's it's going pretty well. Fitness is still ticking along, and um, had a bit of a hiccup for my first race here, but um, yeah, then did uh, did a bit of a pacing job over the weekend, which which went well, and and yeah, I boosted the confidence a little bit, and and I've had some good sessions. So um, yeah, it's kind of you know it's it's the wherever you are, it's the, the same sort of journey uh, journey of um, yeah ebbs and flows and waves and and all of those sorts of things, but. Um, yeah, for the most part, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, there's some nice little sound and birds just out by your window there, I reckon. Are there? Oh. Are they not nice? I feel like your face just painted a different picture to, to what the sound of those birds no. painted in my ears for a moment. Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I, I'm in total agreement with you. It's it's so it's so fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm in a um, – yeah, I'm staying in a suburb called Twickenham and um, lots of trees around and, yeah, I, I've got my window open and, I just have I have that uh, that song just all day um, wakes me up in the morning. It's it's um, yeah it's it's a remedy for ev- for everything. It'll cure cure everything. <laughs> Dude, I just felt a little bit happier just hearing that first little. Uh-huh. Only heard only heard one say "g'day" to his mate, and I uh, I feel like I was cured as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I've got I'm up at the top floor of this this house I'm staying at, and. Um, you know, during during the day uh, outside of training, I'm I'm spending a fair bit of time just in the in the garden, reading books, doing a bit of work, um, and uh, listening to birds and um, and uh, watching the bees pollinate all the flowers. It's um it's very peaceful. Awesome, man! You actually saw one of your nice photos up on Insta the other day. You had your you had yeah. your ridic- your legs look fit, bro. I was like, oh my god, he's in form. In that, I, whenever I see some solid veinage in a runner's legs, I go, mate, he's ready to fly. But I also saw that sitting on your little coffee table was a book. What have you uh, What have you been flicking through at the moment? Yeah, actually, just I just finished it yesterday. Actually, um, I was reading uh, the Power of Now um, oh, by awesome. F. Also, a bit of a old school book, um, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's really been fantastic. Um, I uh, I've read I've read a few kind of like books in that I don't know what genre you call it whether you call it you know self help or um, spiritual enlightenment or or a bit of everything but just kind of call it, I I call them life books I guess um, but uh, yeah some some um, I, I would say like ninety percent of what he said I was just like man this guy's got it spot on. 
and then 10% I thought was a little bit crazy, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very good book and, um, and, and the whole, the whole kind of thesis of it is, um, yeah, is about mindfulness and being present and, 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 um, yeah, the power of, of living in the moment, um, not, uh, not falling into the trap and anxieties of, of past and future and things like that. So yeah, it was a good read. Yeah, awesome, man. I don't know how much you know about um, Eckhart Tolle, but I've, I've went through a phase where I was really obsessed with learning about him. And it's interesting yeah. as well, because, yeah, when he was about, I think he was 29, um, mm-hmm. and he went through yeah. like a really intense phase of depression yeah. and just feeling yeah. like he just didn't know where he was going. I think he said he was on the brink yeah. of suicide. And um, yeah. for whatever reason, one night uh, he woke up and I don't know, I don't know what you call the, the moment that he experienced, but things just clicked yeah. into place. And he's done a beautiful job yeah. of, of just sort of being able to boil down like, I guess you could say complex ideas into real simple terms. And I, I read the book a couple of years ago as well. And yeah. um, it's one of those things, man. It's it's like what we always seem to get talking about that yeah. it's it's quite simple, the things that he's reading about, but it's one of those constant reminders that you need, just like you can't train once and, and be ready for the no. Olympics. You can't take a yeah. message like that and just apply it permanently. No, absolutely. And, and, and I think like his, his perspective is a variation on, on other, on other, um, perspectives and and ideas that i've read that really all have the same message um and his is his is is probably um exceptionally simple in terms of you know the the yeah the power of now um and and you know all that we have is is the present um and but you know and, and it all kind of it all ties he ties it all into you know um and, and he describes it when he when he had that that uh, that sort of epiphany when he was 29 when he was suffering all this depression of just kind of like um, stepping kind of stepping outside of his mind and then kind of looking almost looking at all of his thoughts um, all of his feelings from from the outside um, and then he kind of like he captured oh man I can go to this place all the time like where you know if, if my mind's busy. And I'm worried about things and, and this and that. I can like I can take a step back and kind of view it from the outside. And and he kind of talks about all of this from a bit of a spiritual perspective. And and um, he tries to keep it, I guess, as agnostic as possible. Um, but still, you know, with reference to different religious traditions, I guess. Um, but it's yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about for him. You know. It, it's all about the power of being in the present and, and, um, and getting in touch with that kind of that deeper, deeper spiritual kind of side, I guess, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, he call he calls it different things. He calls it, you know, the, the unman, the unmanifested, you know, being and, um, you know, uh, consciousness and unconsciousness gets a bit, it gets a bit tricky sometimes, but, um, but like if you can, I, and this was the thing. If you, if anyone wants to read this, I, I recommend you read it how I read it, which is probably like two or three pages a day, because um, it is, um, it it is, it, it's kind of the sort of book that it's kind of nice to just sort of sit on on a page or two at a time, and just let it sort of mull over in your head. Um, but uh, yeah, um, 
like I said, it was yeah, it was a, it was a good read. <laughs> yeah, awesome man, that's really good. I just I just finished one today, which I'd seen on bookshelves for for ages. I'm a I'm an Audible fan, like. I, um, yeah. I don't read a heap of physical books, really. It's it's sort of like the records to me that are making a comeback. There's something really nice about it yeah. that I want to get yeah. more into it. But I've just got to figure out, okay, what is it that I'm going to carve out of my day in order to make time to read? I've just been a little bit yeah. slack the last few months. But, um, uh, but yeah, the, the Audible book that I just got through, which I'd seen on sh- shelves for months and never really been that interested in, and I listened to a Rich Roll podcast the other day where they had these uh, two, I guess you call them neuroscientists. I'm not 100% sure. They're doctors and they study specifically dementia and the steps that you can take to, you know, uh, avoid going down that track regardless of, you know, genetic predisposition and things like that. Just, I guess, all about reducing your chances of it. And these guys I loved. I'd heard them a few years ago and they mentioned uh, this Atomic Habits book in such a positive light that I thought, okay, I can't ignore it. And uh, I, I just said to Jesse tonight, man, I was like, I reckon it's one of the best books I've read or, or listened to, I should say, in the last few years. It's just uh, just the ability to break down um, just the power of, of simple habits and the compound interest that they have. It's funny, man, because coming from like the running world, I thought I was just the king of habits. It's like, mate, I'm so disciplined. I can get up. I can do my work. I can do what needs to be done. But it's funny just how many little blind sides, like blind sides are. I think I still... I still have. So it sort of just helped me uh, take a little bit of a step back and go, okay, like what are the areas that I'm just ignoring too consistently? So if, yeah. you're, if you're on the hunt for another one, man, you might, uh, you, I know we, me, you and I are sort of on the same page with a lot of these book recommendations. So yeah, you should check that I one think, out. I think the hunt's over because like you, you're, you're probably now the fifth person um, that has is, that is recommended Atomic Habits to me. When, when, they've, when we've had this conversation about what you're reading, and I've said oh, I'm reading the power now. And they're like, oh yeah, you should. Uh, have you read Atomic Habits? And uh, so maybe it's a sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. But I tried. I tried to start listening to that. That. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go on. Uh, I was just going to say I 100% relate to you. Like you know, you, there is there is a certain element of um, of being you know disciplined and dedicated and fastidious as an athlete, but <laughs> my my organisational skills and. Uh, and um and and habits could still definitely use some work um, <laughs> for sure how do you find it when you're traveling because i knew whenever i went through london with jesse for a couple of months sorry i went through europe with jesse for a couple of months before we planted ourselves in london and and i always look at you know the traveling distance runner as it's just the dream but one of the things that i absolutely loved was when we actually got to london and we just got to plant our feet for a little while. I felt like it was easy to get back into training rhythms and sleep rhythms and food rhythms. And how have you, how yeah. have you uh, sort of adjusted to, to that with your training and everything over there? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and no, I'm, I kind of, um, I'm, I'm, I'm on your page as well. I, I uh, for the most part, um, uh, crave kind of being more settled and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, look at it. On, on paper it, it's cool like I'm and, and especially now like I'm I have an opportunity now which most of the world don't have which is to be overseas and um you know doing what I love and, and so forth so I don't take that for granted but um um a couple of couple of things it's it's um it's so much harder in a COVID world traveling um so much more expensive because you have to get COVID tests every time every time you're traveling um and there's always the uncertainty of whether you're actually going to be able to get across borders and, and get to races. And, um, I mean, just last week that some of the MTC guys had a bit of a nightmare trip to, to Gothenburg, which, 
um, yeah, made all, all the more difficult by um, COVID restrictions and and time timelines on when tests can are valid and not valid and things like that. So um, yeah, they're, they're, um, I, I for the most part, uh, you know, I'm I'm here, f- you know, with, for for the purposes of well, initially it was all I wanted to do was run PBs and and I've kind of ticked a couple of those boxes. So um, now the focus is on seeing if I can, you know, consolidate that and and get picked for for Tokyo. So I've got a job here to do, and um, and and so that kind of keeps me focused. But um, yeah, I, I I've been fortunate so far that I've haven't left the UK since I got here, so I have been pretty settled. Um, I've had one race and one pacing pacing job and then um and then this week things get a little bit crazier and um do a little bit more travel but um yeah as a distance runner particularly like um we've had an australian season i've already raced i think 10 or maybe 11 or 12 times this year um so i've i've just had a couple of weeks where i've just had some uninterrupted training which is nice (laughs) um you know it's uh it's a pretty like I'm, I'm kind of treating it like a training camp. So like I, I train and then uh, for the most part, I'm, yeah, like, like I said, I'm, I'm spending, spending out in the garden and, and just, um, reading books and, and, um, and just trying to, trying to stay happy yeah. <laughs> as best possible. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly nothing glamorous about, um, about all the racing and traveling. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah, in and out, um, a lot of the time. Um, you know, it, it, uh, the reality is, is that, you know, particularly at this level, um, and as old as, as I am, like, you know, it it might be only one in 10 races where you like, you truly leave, you know, feeling satisfied and happy. And a lot of the time, you know, you have disappointing races and, and, um, or, or races that don't live up to expectation and, and, um, and you combine that with, you know, um, busy travel schedules sometimes not a lot of sleep and and sometimes it can take its toll but um yeah fortunately so far i've i've had a um a pretty good trip and and um i've had some time to just kind of settle back into a training routine after a pretty busy you know april and may of, of racing yeah awesome where were you pacing over the weekend uh so i went up to birmingham um which was yeah it was only like a um you know, two two hour trip away, um, so pretty pretty easy pretty easy travel just a train trip from from where I am and um, yeah it was the it was the European Cup 10k um, that was also combined with the British Olympic trials for 10k so um, yeah had a lot of uh, there were yeah a lot of people trying to get Olympic qualifiers um, people obviously trying to make the the British Olympic team, um, so I didn't. Yeah, it ended up being a pretty good meet, and, and um, yeah, I did did my job. <laughs> awesome, man! How far through did you take him? Uh, I took him to six k. Um, so I took him a k further than I was asked to. Um, it was a. It was just a bit of a. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange race. It was you know the 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 pace that had been organised. Um, and the pace that I was asked to go was there was it was different, so there was a little bit of um, yeah, just 
just felt a little bit awkward to begin with. But then um, once the race got going, um, Sean Tobin and Irish fella and I, um, it kind of sort of became clear early on that the pace that we'd been asked to do, no one was actually really interested in that. So we um, we kind of took it back to the original pace that had been um, established, which was to try and get them Olympic qualifying times. And they had those fancy um, pacing lights on the track as well. So um, we eventually kind of slotted back into that. But it was kind of like trying to balance like, or well, what have, what you've been asked to do and, and what uh, what everyone's doing behind you and actually being of, of use to people. So I think we found the balance. But because um, it ended up being a bit bit slower than... Um, then we were asked for. I I felt I felt pretty pretty comfy, so I just I gave him an extra K of my time. <laughs> yeah, there's some funny videos on YouTube where people don't quite have that clarity of mind to go. Okay, no one's following us, and I have to stick to this pace this pace making yeah. duty. Like, uh, what is it? Total Running Productions. I saw did one where I think it was an 800 meter race, and and some little African dude was about 40 meters out the front of the field, about 300 yeah. meters in, and I was like, oh, yeah. it's a, it's just more embarrassing to um to sort of stick sure. to the pace that you were asked to do if no one's coming with you. So what did you realise sure. the first couple of laps that people just what, – what was the original pace that you were trying to take them around in? So so the the pace that um, European Athletics and had – had uh, well, the, the kind of the email that had been sent to all the athletes with details like the meet details and check-in and all of that sort of stuff said, um, you know, the pace, uh, pacemakers – um, for 2720, um, as well as pace lights. And then there'll also be separate pace lights for a 28 minute, um, for people that are trying to break 28 minutes. Um, but then we got, we got asked to run 27 minute pace. Um, so, and then it was kind of just, I don't think, um, I don't think really anyone in the field knew, knew that except for the person that asked, asked for it. So all the people that had asked for 27 flats. So, um yeah we we've we we just kind of told everyone on the start line what we were doing and and um and then but yeah the pace the the race got going and um yeah it just yeah just had to kind of make a make a bit of a call and um things it was got off a bit crazy and then things settled down and um i think everyone was everyone was happy in the end awesome man actually i saw the results on let's run this is the race that mo farrah finished third in Mm. in the end yeah, yeah. He, so he finished third in, or he finished second as second Brit, um, and I think he was eighth, eighth overall. Yeah. And what was that? That was just like because I haven't, I haven't heard his name actually for a little while. I wasn't even sure if he was yeah. still running around until I, until I saw his finish, uh, sort yeah. of his finish result on the weekend. So who, who, yeah. who beat him? It was, I, I guess for him, it was yeah. sounds as though it might have just been a big rust buster, and he's trying to find a qualifier, is he for the for another Olympics? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he clearly didn't. Ha- it clearly wasn't his day. Um, and um, but yeah, the the it was a French guy that won it. Um, and then second and third was a Belgium and a and a Spanish guy. And those three guys all ran under the Olympic standard, which was good. Um, all ran PBs. Um, and then yeah, a little further back, there was probably a string of five or six people, all sort of in that high twenty seven forties, low twenty seven fifties. Which included um, Mark Scott, who who won the British trial, and then um, and then right behind him was um, was Mo. 
Yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Hey, before I stray too far away from it, I want to bring it back because the thing that I am really excited to ask you about, and I can't believe we haven't spoken since it, and I've sent you a couple of messages just to say, bro, I'm doing fist pumps. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, your little visit to Perth. So I, I can't remember if it was our first attempt at recording this podcast before the technical issues. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the last time I saw you was down here in Queenscliff, and, and you and I went yeah. for a, a bit of a run up to the lighthouse. And um, yeah. I was sort of just picking your brain about, you know, what your, your goals, your intentions were. And I felt, yeah. I felt like you were just, um, you were just like, I got the vibe you were being very honest and you were just saying, okay, look, I'm, I'm going to do my best to qualify. Can I go out and have yeah. a crack? You just come off a 746 yeah. a couple of weeks earlier. So I knew you were in form, yeah. but despite yeah. all that, I didn't know quite what, t- what form you were in. And I, I don't know, I don't know whether you did either. So I was interested to ask yeah. you first of all, whether you did. And second yeah. of all, just, um. Yeah, explain the headspace to us about the lead up to that race, that race, the... Because yeah. what was your... Sorry, I'm firing 15 questions. The last one I'll ask and then I'll, I'll let you take the reins. What was your previous PB? Uh, it was 13.18 from, back from 2012. Because you're not, you're not supposed to smash your, uh, your 5K PB by six seconds when you're 35, I didn't think. No, no, no. <laughs> 34, 34 are you? Yeah, 34. 34. No, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, it, uh, well, so, okay, I, I guess in answer to one of your questions, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's what I was aiming for. Um, you know, I, it was a, I wanted to run a PB and, you know, 13, 13's kind of like within earshot of that. But, um, yeah, I went to Perth kind of thinking, well, um, cause, cause Rambo was obviously trying to get the Olympic standard and, and, um, and he's he's had a really good year, and and he's a you know he's a he's a absolutely class athlete. So I kind of went there um, thinking, well, just try and hold on as long as can as you can, and um, it, the heat will probably get turned up a little bit after three k, and and um, and just try and keep it together as best as you can. But um, yeah, I I just I guess my race day mentality had been something I'd really been working very specifically on for the last couple of months and um i i just i'd had a i'd I'd kind of i think the hallmark of my season up to that point is had been i tried to be really aggressive every time i raced and tried to really um be very intentional about everything that i did um not be so passive not be so um nervous and anxious um and for the most part, it had helped a lot. It, 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 I'd been, it probably helped in training, just getting um, a bit more out of myself. Um, you know, in some races, it had, it had worked pretty well. Like my 3K, I'd, I'd, um, I just, I remember being on the start line and I knew, I just like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And, and, um, and I just, I just went out and executed it. And, um, but then other races like, you know, National 5K and, um, a few others, um, you know, I was proud of how it ran, but it didn't really show show on the results because, um, you know, tactically I, I didn't run well. Um, but at least um, at least there was something to be said about you know being aggressive and having a crack at least. Um, so when I went to Perth, I knew I had to kind of put I could I had an opportunity to put the aggressive side of things aside. And just literally sit in and and um, and just stay as relaxed as possible. 
um, which was great, um, but still have that same sort of fire and intention of, you know, let's let's just execute, try and try and run a PB here. And um, we went through eight flat for three k, which was exactly where I wanted to be. Um, pe- people always, a few people have said, oh, it was a bit slow at three k, and and um, I always say, well, in a five in a five k, like if you're having your day. You'll, you you can you can knock off like five six seconds just in your last lap. Um, you know, thirteen twenties is sixty four seconds per lap. So if you're having your day, you can you can get to the bell bell in twelve sixteen, and you know you could run a sixty two, you could run a sixty, you could run a fifty eight, and you're gonna you're gonna knock a few seconds off your off that off that average. So when we went through in three k in eight minutes, and I felt good, I was like, this is great. I can run a PB here. I just have to you know, keep these 64s going and then kick a little bit at the end. Um, so PB was what I always was aiming for. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really think 13-13 until probably the bell bell lap. And I think I saw I saw it was 12-16 or something with the, at the bell lap and, um, and thought, oh, man, I'm actually my, maybe a sniff here. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't take off like the clappers at, at 400 to go. I, I took off with with intention knowing that I still had 400 to go and needed to be strong the last 100. And, and um, yeah, and, it, and, it, and uh, yeah, fortunately it paid off. And um, I kind of thought at that point, you know, I had that race. I had Gateshead Diamond League. I had another race in Sweden lined up. So I kind of had a few 5Ks and didn't really think that it would happen on the first the first go. Um, but yeah, to get that qualifier, um, you know, I was, I was in good shape and probably there were signs, there were definitely signs that I was capable of it, but, um, you still have to do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a good Um, point. And, uh, yeah, if if I've learned anything, you know, it was nine years since the last time I ran a PB for that distance. And it just goes to show like it takes more than being fit to run a PB. You know, I've, I've probably been in, you know, career best shape multiple times in the last nine years but you know you, you need you need a little bit of luck on your side um you need good conditions you need the opportunity to line up with with your fitness um and it didn't didn't hurt having a pacemaker to basically 10 laps um so you know it made uh it, 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 you know in in hindsight like i got spoon fed that opportunity yeah <laughs> with yeah, a, that's beautiful with man. a doctor. <laughs> so what was the um what was the vibe going through the race like did it was it one of those dream races where in terms of how your body felt you just felt like you were floating across the ground or was it more a, a, a psychological challenge where you know you, you've felt that way many times before but just seeing a couple of the numbers and you know being dragged along as you've mentioned was was a yeah. couple of the factors that that really dragged you because i always look back to when I ran my PB, which is, it sounds so funny saying this to a bloke who just went through 3K in. Mind you, you're the odd one out here compared to the audience listening to this. So I feel like I'm in good company. Um, I went through, my PB for, for 3K was 8.10. And I remember the day I ran 8.10. I didn't necessarily feel great the, the the whole race. But I remember I got to 600 to go and I was like, all right, I'm not going to mm-hmm. lose it too much until I get to a lap out. Yeah. And then I'm just going to lay it down as hard as I can. For that yeah. that final lap and and things sort of yeah. clicked in the last lap but it was i look yeah. back at that with a big smile on my face but i remember it wasn't necessarily just floating across the ground like i, yeah. I felt in a number of other races so i'm always curious to know yeah. when 
someone runs a big race, what the experience was? Yeah, I think, um, well, both my PBs this year, um, the, the physical experience I don't really, wasn't really a factor so much. I, I, I just, um, I, I was so laser sharply focused on like the, just the process, um, that like the, the, the physical feeling discomfort really didn't like it. It was there, but it was never a, it was never a deciding factor. I was just like, I was fucking there to do, do exactly what I wanted to do. And, um, and that doesn't, it doesn't happen every time that you, that, that, that laser focus wins out. Um, some, sometimes the, the, um, you can have a crappy day and it just, um, yeah, it will bring you undone, but it didn't, didn't on, it didn't on this occasion. And I, you know, I remember with maybe four laps to go, I was sitting behind Rambo and I could just see a bit of a gap forming between him and Stewie. And, um, and I, I probably hesitated briefly, but like, not because of, not because of like how I was feeling and, and like, Oh, can I do this? It was more like, Oh, should I do this? And then I was like, no, I got to do it. <laughs> so I, I kind of, I went around and then, um, and then, yeah, I just like, I was still feeling great. Um, and well, as great as you can when you're running that quick, it's, I, I always say this to people like, and, and you make this mistake, especially when you're younger, when you run PBs, um, you go, Oh, it felt so great. Oh yeah. I can definitely go a bit quicker. Um, but you, you very quickly forget, you know, all, all the pain that you go through to, to get there and, and um and certainly like i don't remember being feeling you know uncomfortable or in pain or anything i only remember the ecstasy of you know the, of of running it and and um and just being so so laser focused on on just doing doing what i was there to do which was to try and run a pb yeah awesome man awesome well, i've already said it a hundred times but it was it was so impressive to watch but um, one thing that you mentioned was your your specific race day plan, and I know that that involved a little more aggression and not being so passive mm-hmm. and things like that. But in terms of like a, a is it a, a sort of like a written out laid down plan? What were the elements that that went into a race day plan? Is that sort of from warm yeah. up to lining up, or yeah, are you, without yeah. I don't know how you feel about walking everyone through it, but um, I'd yeah. be interested to know that that process. Yeah, so I mean you know, in, in racing plans always have to be flexible, of course, but, um, you know, I think, um, oh, look, it's, yeah, it's, it's varied from race to race. Um, you know, the, the plan is one thing, but the, the intention I think is another thing. And so may, so I think what I've really been working on more is the intention. Um, the, the plan a couple of times hasn't worked, hasn't worked out terribly well. Um, but the intention I think is, is um, is really just for me, um, you know, it's a combination of um, really reminding yourself and and reflecting and 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 um, and yeah yeah, uh, reminding and reflecting on on the work that you've done um, and and just telling yourself and you know I've, I've done this I've done that like. Um, um, you know, I'm in good shape. Like you, you've ticked that box, so um, yeah, you, you tick the box, and then and then the intention is like just put that aside. Don't, like don't even question it from here on out. Um, and then 
and then and then the next thing I think is um, is is staying staying present once you actually get to the race. And I think that the the thing that kind of prompted this um, yeah working on this I guess this year um, apart from just some things outside of running that had affected me. I um, I remember uh, one of the races early in the season, like 10 minutes before um, doing my strides, and I had this thought go through my head. I was like, oh, you know, why am I still doing this? Like, you know, should I, should I actually really still be here? And and I remember as soon as that, that thought hit my head, I knew I was in trouble. And, of course, I had a horrible race after that because it's, it's kind of the first sign of doubt and, if you're doubting yourself before you're on the, the start line, you're already you're already defeated. So I knew I had to, I knew I had to get over that. Um, and part of getting over that doubt is 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 really practicing and 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 kind of creating that mental headspace where you don't have doubt anymore. Um, it it at the end of the day, and and you know Eckhart Tolle kind of makes this point as well, like all you have is is the now like the past the past doesn't exist the future doesn't exist the only thing that exists is this the very moment that you've got at the moment um so so um worry and anxiety doesn't doesn't help me um and uh actually it's funny i was watching this movie bridge of spies last night i don't know if you've seen it with tom hanks but there's one of the main characters is this um is this soviet spy um in in the u.s and and um you know he gets arrested and and charged and everything and um he's this really calm guy and and his lawyer who's played by tom hanks um you know he's getting sentenced on the verge of the death penalty and this and that and um and and hanks tom tom hanks's character goes shouldn't you be a bit more worried and and uh the character goes just looks him in the eyes and goes would it help <laughs> and and it was such a good point like um and this is this is the point i'm making now is that um you know that uh you know worry and worry doesn't doesn't help you on the start line and and i recognized that early on so my my job was to try and create a headspace where that worry didn't enter into the frame of things when i'm you know warming up and 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 mentally rehearsing and so forth Nerves, nerves are great. That's that's another thing. And and nerves, um, I think Roger Federer said it once: is you know, if you're not nervous, then um, you're not invested enough, and you probably shouldn't be there. So the nerves never go away. But um, the thing I've worked on getting rid of is is the is a little bit of that doubt because um, it doesn't really serve you, and it's it's not enough to just say, oh, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to doubt. You actually have to go through a bit of a, a process and practice it. And for me, practice looked like, you know, um, throwing myself into, you know, um, you know, volunteering to pace the tough reps at training. So that might have been one thing. You know, it was, you know, going to nationals and taking the lead and, and, and taking the pace on um, uh, when it started to slow and, you know, that might not have been the smartest decision from a tactical point of view, and 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 um, and trying to to win the race. It certainly wasn't. But um, but I think you know you, I learnt from that, and and that's kind of that's kind of culminated to where I am now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was one thing that you spoke to me about when we were on that Queenscliff run. You you told me that mm. you started to be a little more aggressive in training, and um, yeah. I, I just I took a mental note of it, but didn't think too much about it until just then. So that was sort yeah. of part of a bigger picture of trying to develop that aggression and um, yeah. you know that race day, uh, not toughness. Well, I guess toughness. Yeah, race day aggression is, yeah. is probably the or, best way to put it. Or just or lack of um, or or lack of or, or removal of. Um, you know, at least some of the some of the worry and the the what ifs and the and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, like, I I'm the kind of guy that, and I know I know a lot of people out there would be the same. Anyone who's sort of uh, aware of you know got a, any idea of what's gone through their head, but from time to time I'd be on the start line as well, and there'd be random moments in my life where a thought that I completely disagree with it just poke its head up in my head, and it's something that I didn't necessarily believe or buy into, and it's amazing how many even still I can just. They'll pop in and I go, it's just whatever. Don't even give it credit. But it's where mm. you start to attach a, a whole heap of emotion to it that it becomes a thing. So um, yeah. I was just curious to know, like, uh, are you speaking about when you develop that that plan to deal with any negativity that might pop up before a race or in a race, is that saying you're trying to eliminate the thought or you're trying to sort of eliminate the response to that particular thought? Probably. Like if, for example, yeah, that thought of um, uh, what am I still doing here came into your mind now, um, yeah. Would like is is there a process that you go through to to respond to to that, or is it more just like, hey, you know yeah. what, I'm going to try and get into a mindset where those thoughts aren't even welcome into my frame of thought? Yeah, well, f- fortunately, so far, um, and I think this is the point. This is the point to make um, is that the training that goes into the, the physical training, all the running, um, you know, you do that for a reason, and it takes time for a reason, and you build these layers and. And so forth, and the same thing is to be said about the mental side of things. So, um, I think the first part of your question is: No, I'm not trying to eliminate those thoughts. It is very much um, just not having the emotional res- or, or having a different emotional response to it. Um, so that's that's one thing. Um, but I think as a result of consistently working on it. Um, I find that I, at least the last few races, I've found that um, they're they're just not there as as much as they were, and that, and that could possibly that could just be a product of a bit of momentum. You know, I've had a, a reasonably good year, and and when things are going well, you know, your confidence um, confidence kind of follows suit. So it's probably a little bit of both, but um, but uh, it doesn't. It's not just something that you switch on and off. It's something that you have, or I found that you have to, um, you have to consistently work at. Um, and that's that's not to say that I'm. It's not to say that I'm going to have great races all season. I mean, I I ran thirteen twelve um, one week, and about ten days later, I ran thirteen fifty four. So um, you know, you still have bad days, um, and a bad day can be you know, 10 days later. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so, but I think, uh, and, and look, I was, I remember after that 1354, I was, I was bitterly disappointed. Um, I was like, oh man, what's going on here? Um, but it's, you know, it's part and parcel of the, of the, of, of what we do is, um, you have your ups and downs and, um, and, uh, yeah, you, you, as best you can, you know, we talk about, one of the most important components of a of your training as a runner is is not specific workouts or specific mileage. It's the consistency. 
it's building the layers over years and I think the same can be said about the, the mental side of things as well is is um, you know consistency in your resolve and, and consistency in the the time and and effort that you put into to working on it and and growing um, you know you know mentally spiritually what whatever it is yeah yeah it's a really good point that was one thing that stood out I had Monaghetti on here the other day. And I was asking yeah. him about his durability and, and just his ability yeah. to get through things. And he, we spoke a little bit about his phone book theory, just that laying down of single pages in training sessions yeah. and just how yeah. beneficial it is to your overall performance. And it's true, yeah. isn't it? Like I'm sure Bert, yourself and, and I have, have had this conversation before, but one of the things that constantly blows my mind is there's no area of our life which really progresses just without a focused effort, be it like... you. Like if you don't yeah. go to the gym, your your muscles just atrophy. If you don't eat well, your body atrophies. You, yeah. Um, and I, I find it interesting. It's it, it crosses over beautifully to that that mindset, like you speak of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you and you know that I. If it makes it easier to to understand, I'll, I'll give the analogy of yeah my my physical training. So the running side of things, like I, you know, I've had a history of of injuries and and I'm obviously older now and and. Um, you know, one thing that I've done, you know, over the last two years is that I run a lot less than I used to, um, and I think it uh, it takes a lot it takes a a lot of confidence to to actually go. I'm going to do less now because that's better for me. Because we we have in our mind that more is always better. Um, so it it absolutely takes some confidence to 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 go you know i i I can't do 160k a week like i used to four or five years ago um but it doesn't necessarily mean that you know i'm not going to run as well as i did five or six years ago i kind of proved that wrong um and you know i've i've been doing a lot less and what that lot less corresponds to is something that's been a lot more sustainable for me and has allowed me to keep um keep that consistency as the the kind of the be all and end all of, of training um you know how many how many weeks and months can i string together without breaking down and um you know for me that's that's meant you know um running a bit less so bringing that back to kind of the the mental and spiritual side of things you have to find that that balancing point that's sustainable as well and um you know i've talked about you know specific things I've done to to make sure I'm in a good headspace on race day and, and things like that. But you know I've got to be in a good mental headspace the rest of the time as well. And and um, you know the first point I should make is that I a lot of the time I don't do a very good job of that. Like I I think I said mentioned at the start. You know I felt it's been a bit up and down while I've been here and and you know I've had some uh, I've had some dark days while I've been here as well and and you know felt homesick and 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 just generally miserable and and so forth but those and because of that it reinforces to me the importance of doing things that um that make it make it sustainable for me long term so um you know I'm still I, I keep in touch with family every day I when it I I Weekend last weekend, I was here. Ben Buckingham and and um, James Nippers were here, and I said to Ben, "Man, I just need to go have a beer. Like I haven't had a beer for a couple of weeks." And 
and so we went to the pub and had a had a pub meal and had a beer and I felt a lot better after that. Yeah, <laughs> but, good bloke um, to do it with as well. Yeah, yeah, you got to um, you've got to you uh, you have to you know nothing nothing occurs in 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 a vacuum so you can't hundred percent separate you know what you do from a for your running training from what you do from work from what you do you know socially from what you do you know for what your headspace is outside of running so it's all tied together and and um you know i, I realized if i'm going to run at my best i got to be at my best the rest of the time as well and and being at my best the rest of the time as well means trying to trying to find find what makes you happy find what makes you smile all, all those sorts of things and like i said i i I'm still trying to work that out because a lot of the time, you know, I have miserable days as well. But um, I definitely recognise that that's an important part of, um, you know, performance and consistency is, uh, yeah, just um, making sure that making sure you're happy outside as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good point, man. Hey, you mentioned the next few weeks here, you're doing some more intense travel. We've got a few more races coming up. What are what are the ones yeah. we've got to look out for you in? Um, yeah, so next race, I'm going to, uh, I'm doing another 5k next weekend in, in Nice in France. Um, but, uh, yeah, because of, um, because of the border restrictions and so forth, I, um, I'm, I'm leaving the UK on Wednesday and, and traveling to, uh, Amsterdam for a couple of days. I'm spending a couple of days with a friend, a friend there. And then we'll travel to, to Nice from Amsterdam because um, I can't do that from the UK. Um, Be careful with the muffins what, in Amsterdam, won't you? What's that? Be careful with those muffins in Amsterdam. I can't have you rocking up to Nice with dreadlocks <laughs> and a stoner beard. <laughs> I, uh, I will be careful, Tyson. <laughs> Sorry to yeah, interrupt. Mark, I just thought I was funny. That's an example of me bombing. No, no, that's good. No, like, as, as it was last week... Um, you know, the you weren't allowed to travel to France from the UK without quarantining for um, ten days. But um, uh, since since booking all this, that's kind of changed. So um, you know, I could probably travel there now. Um, but I've already booked everything. So I'm kind of I'm going to France. I'm going a little bit of a roundabout way, and then after that, I can't get back into the UK without um, quarantining. So we're um, we're off to Saint Moritz after that. Um, and I'll meet back up with um, with the MTC group that are here, who um, I haven't seen since Gateshead. Other, other than it's just been Bucks and I in, in Teddington for the last um, couple of weeks, and um, and then yeah, after next weekend we'll all meet up in in uh, Switzerland. Oh, that'll be awesome. Saint Moritz is beautiful yep. as well, isn't it? That's going to be a place to uh, uh, to get some nice training done. I've I've only seen postcards. I'm I'm not sure, Jesse. I had to fly back to Australia from, from London, and when I was back in Australia, Jessie flew to Switzerland. I'm not 100% sure where she went, but she came mm. back with some photos that I was very jealous to see. Very picturesque, yeah. I, um, I was there 11 years ago, I think, um, and I did actually go up to St. Moritz just for a few days, um, more just as a tourist than, than anything. Did a little bit of running up there, but, yeah, it'll be nice, nice to go back there. Um, but um, yeah, might have to forego uh, um, uh, trips to the coffee shop because I think uh, those Swiss those Swiss francs will 
will um, quickly put a dent in my. Uh, oh, I've heard some stories, uh, Jesse. Uh, actually, it's it's funny you said that because one of the things she told me, she goes, "Man, you wouldn't have survived two weeks in in uh, Switzerland yeah. because yeah, I reckon she ended up going to Macca's one night because she was just shocked at how expensive everything else was. And I want to say a Big Mac there was maybe like the the equivalent of thirteen Aussie dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, even in the UK, like, I'm not, um, I'm not getting any. Most of the coffees are like at least six dollars, uh, six Australian dollars. What's so, that like? Uh, four pounds? Yeah, three, three pounds. Um, yeah, I got really used to that as well. Yeah. And then uh, when I did the conversions, I was like, oh my god! I reckon this week I've spent seven hundred dollars on coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. So um. Yeah, I, I'm. I try to try to be a little bit frugal, but also um, not to worry about about it too much because money comes and goes, and I'll um, I'll be back at work eventually. And yeah, it's so true. How long did you say <laughs> you're spending in St. Moritz? Um, we're there for I think maybe two and a half weeks, and then um, I'm not sure what happens after that. Um, ho- hopefully that'll be. I think that will hopefully bring us a bit closer to. Um, end of selection, selections, or end of the, the cutoff for qualifying for Tokyo, and then um, hopefully we'll find out soon after that um, what's what's going on. Yeah. So what is the process? Because I've I've called it early, and I'm I'm uh, hinting at AA that just select Dave McNeil. But I remember the day after your race, I probably shouldn't have. I got excited and just claimed the fact you'd done it. But anyway, I stand by it. But the um. Uh, so the process is obviously you've got yourself, you've got Stewie, who have has Stewie ran the qualifier already? Yeah, like yeah. was his last? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's yourself and Stewie. Yeah. Are you the only two with the qualifiers at this point, or has Morgan got it as well? Yeah, Pat Tiernan's got it as well. Yeah. Pat Tiernan as well. Yeah. And What's then, Patty run? He's he's run about point one or point two faster than I have, so he's run thirteen twelve as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've obviously got. Morgan and and um, and Rambo in the mix as well. So um, you know, there's there's a scenario where a couple of people miss out, and there's a scenario where everyone gets in. Um, and so I hope it's the scenario where everyone gets in. But um, yeah, it's one of those. For the most part, I, I try not to think about too much because it's not something I can control. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Well. Of all those, of all those guys, Morgan is is ranked the highest. He's got um, he's got really good rankings points, but um, yeah, hasn't got the auto qualifier yet. And but you know, there's no reason why he can't. He's in he's in top shape as well. And same with same with Rambo. He's in really good shape as well. And um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. And like I said, there's a scenario where everyone gets picked. Um, and I hope that's I hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, we just have to wait and see. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I'm really keen. As uh, as we sort of said, we'll, we'll catch up just when you have good Wi-Fi service and uh, and a good connection and time. Yeah. But uh, I messaged yeah. you a few weeks ago, going, "Hey, I'd love to do like a little bit of a, uh, I guess you call it a road to Tokyo and and whatever that yeah. encounters, the races, the highs, the lows, and and, yeah. and and sort of I'm I'm really interested, as you know, like we always seem to talk about the mindset that comes with a. Uh, you know everything in our life but I'm, I'm really interested in in that part of it as well so i can only imagine that that everyone who listens to this podcast would be uh, would be would be keen to hear there are so many people who message me on instagram um after your race just to say oh like come on out boy so you've you've got a few relaxed running fans so i, I know they'll be uh that was that was a, even though it's just an excuse for me to catch up and chat to you as well that was even more incentive for me to reach out and go all right come on we've got to get david mcneil on regularly 
Oh, no, I appreciate it. I, um, I mean, I, I do, whenever I do these, I, I always like, and it's worth, it's worth pointing out. I always think, oh man, I hope, um, I hope people don't like take my wisdom and think that I've got everything figured out. Cause man, I, I sure as, sure as shit haven't got everything figured out. So, um, for, for anyone that's like listening to this, hoping to get some nugget of wisdom, I hope you do. Um, but be kind to yourself and, and know that I don't get it right all the time either. Um, it's, it's an ongoing process and, um, there's, I think there's that, like, there's this, you know, a common saying, you know, you learn from your mistakes. Um, but I think the, the less common saying is that you don't always learn the first time. Um, and you don't always learn everything the first time. So I've made the same mistakes over and over again. And, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess my point is if, if you're listening and hoping to get some nuggets out of this and, and learn from it, um, yeah, just be, be kind to yourself. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. <laughs> yeah, no, really well said, man. Well, hey, before we wrap it up, what do you got on for the rest of the day? What's the uh, what's the plan? A couple of coffees and a good book or, or another yeah, beer with I, Benny Bucks? Yeah, uh, so no, Bucks, is, he's left now. He's he's in uh, Turku in Finland for a race um, tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. Um, and then, um, yeah, for me, I've got, uh, I've got a massage in a couple of hours. I think I'm going to um, give myself a bit of a haircut. Um, I wanted to, I, the, the, I mean, this is so, this like most people I'm sure would cringe, but I, since I've got here, the show that I've been watching has been, um, Peaky Blinders, which Classic, I hadn't seen man. before. I was, a bit, I was a bit late to the party, but I was, I remember thinking last night, last week, oh man, I'm going to Birmingham this weekend. Sweet. I'm going to Peaky Blinders country. <laughs> I should get myself a nice Peaky Blinders haircut before I go. Um, which I didn't get round to doing, but I'm like, ah, uh, I've kind of committed to it, so I'm, I'm going to get get nice and short on the sides. I love um, it, man. Yeah, get the haircut, the hat, the three piece suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretend I'm pretend I'm cool like Tommy Shelby. He's so cool, <laughs> isn't he? We watched that when we were in London, actually, and it's a perfect environment to watch it. It's funny you mention that actually, because um. Paul McKinnon yesterday when I called him, he, he'd forgotten about the podcast. And I said, oi, I was really excited to chat to you. And he's like, yeah, sorry, I was watching Peaky Blinders. Oh, really? There yeah. You go. Two men of great taste. But um, no, awesome, man. That's good. Well, hey, dude, I'm, I'm really pumped to, to, you know, obviously keep watching. I'm, even when I'm not talking to you, I'm, I'm following the results and cheering for you. And I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast will be doing the same. So, hey, we'll, um, we'll organise another one in a couple of weeks when you've got time. It feels weird not having Bert here, but I felt so bad. My schedule's been uh, uh, not shocking, but shocking in the sense that it just doesn't line up with, with Bert. Bert's at the well, best of time, so I'm really keen to catch up with him. Yeah, ho- hopefully we will. It's it's obviously way harder now that we've got three times <laughs> rather, than, rather than two time zones to ty- try and uh, coordinate. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and um, yeah awesome brother Wait, I'll leave you to it you go enjoy that massage that haircut we'll, we'll chat soon man sounds good thanks Tyce